Hi friends, my name is Mel. I'm the high school pastor here at Crossings. I recognize a couple of you because you're small group leaders for us, and so I want to apologize that you have to listen to me twice this week. I'll give you some um, burnt pizza in a box tomorrow night to make up for it. Good. So hey, let's start out. Turn, go, go ahead and open your Bibles. Turn to John 6. Um, we're going to look at some scripture, and we're going to come back to this again. So go ahead and leave it open. We're going to be looking at John 6, verse 16. And we're going to start here. Uh, we're going to talk about it for a little bit, and then we'll come back around. Um, and I think we're going to have a great time. Let me read this to you, and then we'll get going. John 6, 16. I'm going to read through 18. Um, it says, When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and they set off across the lake. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. Go ahead and keep it open because we're going to come back. But I think... This is where we spend most of our time, right? Like we are doing what we think Jesus asked us to do, and we find ourselves in the middle of a storm, and when our prayer is answered and Jesus shows up, we are frightened. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to sit right there for just a moment because the title of this message that Andy, um, he prayed over this and he had asked me to speak is called, It's All About Jesus. And I thought, well, that's fun. I like him, Jesus, right? I know some stuff about him. It's all about Jesus. And then I thought, is it all about Jesus? So I want us to answer that question today. And I want, since you, you spent time, I understand that this is a Tuesday night and that you're busy and that for the most of you here, this is a desperate season. And so you, you, this time is valuable, right? You came here for a reason. And I hope tonight that the questions that we're going to answer will help you. And so the question I want you to be able to answer when you leave is, is it all about Jesus? And when I was praying about this and thinking through, I felt like that this message was a little different. I felt like it was very similar to my 10-year-old son's science experiment. Now, not his bedroom. If you go into his bedroom, that is very much a science experiment. We currently have a bearded dragon named Moses. We have an empty guinea pig cage because our guinea pig, Hermione, has gone missing. She's missing. We haven't found her dead or alive. So in your prayer time, that's something you can pray over. There are straws and duct tape and, and science books, and he loves, he loves experimenting. Uh, we usually ask him to do it in the backyard, not in his room. But in fourth grade in Edmond, you have what's called Mad Scientist Day. If anyone grew up in Edmond, maybe they were doing it then. And he's been looking forward to this. So we've been working on a science experiment. And I convinced him to do something safer than he usually would tend to do, and we are currently in the middle of making a barometer. So exciting, right? But when I was praying about you in this message, I kept thinking about what I've learned about a barometer during this time. And I hope that this message for you tonight is exactly that. 
that it is a barometer for you and your relationship with Christ. And if you don't know, uh, the barometer that we're making is a mason jar and a balloon, a bindi straw, and a cereal box. That's what I'm giving you tonight is this message, right? A barometer is actually going to measure change in the atmosphere. A barometer tonight, I hope, allows you to measure change in your relationship with Christ by asking, is it all about Jesus? So that's what we're gonna look at. I'm gonna tell you a story. We're gonna look at the scripture again, and I'm gonna ask you two questions. And by the end of the night, you should be able to answer those two questions. And just like a barometer, it should be able to show you exactly where you are at with Christ. And this is incredibly important because where you are at with Christ is the Christ that you will take to the people next to you tomorrow, right? So we've got to figure this out tonight. So we're going to do just that. So let me start, I wanna tell you a story. Um, several years ago, my friend Lindsay, she's the middle school pastor here, we went to China. We thought, uh, let's take a trip that's not a mission trip and let's go to China. Uh, we had to sign a document that said we would not do any work, even check emails um, while we were on this trip because we worked at a church and I gave that notarized document to my boss and I said, legally, I cannot check emails while I'm on this vacation. So it was awesome. And we went there to hike the Great Wall. And we learned something really interesting when we got there because we spent some time with two missionaries that lived there. We were not doing any work though, I need to make that clear. And they said, we're gonna take you to the Great Wall, but we're gonna take you to the real Great Wall. And we said, what? like if you live on Santa Fe, you know there are two Great Walls, right? The Great Wall and the new Great Wall. Anybody? No, they're Chinese restaurants. Okay, I always think it's funny. I'm like, are they the same people in the new Great Wall? We went to the real Great Wall, though, in China. And I said, what do you mean the real Great Wall? And they said, well, this is, this is interesting. The government built a fake Great Wall for tourists so that it would keep tourists off the real Great Wall. And I'm like, what? Who knew this? So if you visited, I don't mean to, like, spoiler alert, you might have went to the fake one. I don't know, let me see your pics, Nolly. So they take us to the real one. They say, we want you to know the one we're taking you to might not look like what you were expecting because, I mean, they, they don't touch it. They don't, you know, they don't fix it. it. It's just kind of, it's falling apart, and, but it's gonna be so cool. And we're like, okay, and they said, at the end, if you don't die, you get to bobsled down it. It's gonna be awesome. Um, so we go, and they go halfway with us, and they say, we're gonna go back and um, eat and do some work, and, but you guys can like keep hiking. And Lindsay and I were walking along it, and it's, it isn't what you expected. It's falling apart, and it's crumbling, and there's trees that you're having to climb over, and we get to this part where there is a green sign, and this, is, this was confusing, because on the green sign, it said stop. And then under stop, it said no go. The translations were, and we look at it, and I said, and I read it out loud, because I'm a really good reader, so I sounded it out, and I said, stop, no go. And Lindsay looks at me, and, and we are law-abiding Christians, right? Um, and we look at each other, and at the same time, we both just kept walking. <laughs> and we cross it, and then we start laughing, and she goes, well, should we, or should we stop? And I said, well, we came all this way. 
what are they going to do? And she's like, yeah, I mean, it's a communist country. We're breaking the law. Like, it'll be fine, right? Um, and so, I, like, we kind of look around. Nobody else is on the Great Wall, by the way. They were all on the fake one. And so we're like, I think it'll be fine. And I said, but I'm going to follow you. You go first. Because, I'm like, that's the friend I am. Like, if you're not friends with me, you're missing out. And I said, you go first. I'll follow you. And we start walking. And as we continue walking, and, and we're going up and down, and we get to this part that is really steep, and the majority of the wall has fallen down. And so it is narrow. It is probably half the size of our sidewalks. And not only is it narrow, but the rocks are all broken and we're kind of climbing up. And I'm holding her backpack, you know, in case I fall, she'll go with me. And I'm holding her backpack and I can't even really see where we're going. And we get to this part where there's almost this um, shelter, this covering, where you could either climb up to be on the watchtower or you could go underneath for shelter and we're like this is so cool let's go inside and we get inside and she just stops and it's this little narrow opening and she goes I don't know if I should go any further and I'm and I can't really see around her and I said well why not and she goes there's kind of a gap I'm, I'm gonna have to jump and what you need to know about Lindsay is if there's an opportunity to trip she will take it. Um, if there's a strange way that you're going to be injured, like it's going to happen to her. And I'm behind her and I said, well, what, what do you mean? And she goes, I'm going to have to jump. There's this gap. And I said, well, just go for it. And she jumps. And when she does, her backpack gets caught on the top of this doorway. And she kind of now is flying sideways and just lands like halfway on the floor or on the trail. And her legs are dangling. And I look down, and there's about a three-feet gap, like she said. But between that was straight down, like 15 feet. And I go, why did you jump? You know, what were you thinking? And she's like, oh, I think I broke my hip. And I'm like, why would you jump? And she goes, you told me to. And I said, I couldn't see anything. So I jump over it like a normal person and make it. And once I... <laughs> She's not here. She's out of the country, so she'll never know. We turn around and we look, and not only did it go really steep down, if she would have fallen, she literally would have rolled like all the way down the Great Wall. Like, what a story, right? That would have been way more exciting. So we get across it, and she looks at me, and she goes, well, now what are we going to do? Because now my, my friend that could barely jump out of the whole, there's no way she's getting back in, right? Like, how are we going to do this? So we, we hike a little bit further, and I said, you know what? I'll lead going back. You just follow me. I'll take your backpack. We made it. She got back. It was so awesome. But we talk about this moment where I almost accidentally murdered her, right? And she's brought that up before of like, you just go ahead and lead because what I was doing, I was trying to lead from behind. Do we have any backseat drivers in the house maybe? I saw some people looking at other people. Uh, I, do, I do this, I do this more with my husband than anyone else, and I think I know why. I think it's because I'm right. <laughs> right? Like, no, like, slow down, like, no, you should have turned left, like, backseat driver's right, like, we're trying to lead because we think that we're right, obviously, but I struggle with it. There's something inside of me that's like, you are right, and you've got this, and you're leading, and sometimes this is a really great trait, and other times this gets me in trouble. And I'll tell you where this hurts me the most. This idea of trying to lead from behind hurts me the most 
in my relationships. And it hurts me the mostest in my relationship with Christ. And maybe you try to do this. Some of you, I think, will understand this exactly. I am constantly in this battle, and maybe I shouldn't say this from stage, but I am constantly in this battle with Christ of who is leading this. And the question that I'm, I always have to ask myself is, am I following Jesus or am I expecting him to follow me? Right? Am I following him? Are you following him or are you expecting him to follow you? And when we answer this question, we will get a little bit closer to answering, is it all about Jesus? So here's how you know. And this is, this is where I want to give you this barometer, and I want to give you an opportunity to kind of examine yourself, because we have to test everything, don't we? We're not sure what is true. Like, I didn't really know, like, I had to do tons of research on who to vote for today because the commercials were incredibly confusing, right? Like, what is true? We have to do extra research. You watch the news, and then you have to Google to find out really the whole truth. At some point, you all thought LaCroix was healthy, and now we know it's poison, right? We have to test. Some of you are like, wait, what? They found some like arsenic or something. I don't know. I drink bubbly. It's cheaper anyways. But we have to test everything. What is true and what is good? In a world where everything is fluid, even genders and truth, how do we exactly know what is true? And we are very good at testing. But I think sometimes in, in our our mad science experiments, that we forget to examine what we should examine first, and that is ourselves. And that's what we're going to do today. So I want you to be selfish tonight, just for about 10 more minutes. Be selfish. After that, cut it out, guys, okay? Like, when it comes to you and your relationship with Christ, let's be selfish. And let's think about ourselves tonight. So when we're, I'm asking you these questions, I don't want you thinking about the person next to you or the person that should be next to you, or the person that hurts you, I want you to think about yourself. So the first question we ask ourselves in this test is, am I following Jesus or is he following me? And the way that you answer that is by answering three other questions. And Andy actually wrote these out, so you can give him credit for this. And I'm going to read them because I want to make sure that I get them just right. And I want you to write them down and and have some time to really answer these and be honest with yourself. And the first one is, do you have an appetite for God's word? I mean, yes or no on that one, right? Do you have an appetite to learn more about God's word? Do you want to grow in your knowledge of him? Are you okay just hearing about it? Do you have an appetite for God's word? The second test on the quiz is do your ambitions affect the kingdom? Do your ambitions have anything to do with the kingdom? Do your dreams and your investments and your concerns, do they have anything to do with the kingdom? And third, do you give allegiance to the king regardless of your surroundings? Does the person you're standing next to change where you stand? Do you give allegiance? So we have appetite, ambitions, and allegiance. 
And if you examine those three areas, that will answer the question for you, am I following Jesus or am I expecting him to follow me? And if any of those are off, that's where you've got to focus because that's where you're trying to lead from behind. Because if our ambitions and our appetite and our allegiance is following Christ, so will we. So that's the first question we ask ourselves. Am I following Jesus or is he following me? The second question that we have to ask ourselves is, is he better? Is he better? Is he better than the things that I want? Is he better than the relationships that I have or that I desire? Is he better than the status or the job, the job title or, or my confidence? Is he better? A very simple question that will seep its way into these areas of your life and it will cause you some conviction. Is he better? Is he better than what I spend my money on? And here's how you test this. This is very simple. Just look at your bank account or look at the way you spend your time or look at your internet search history or look at your friends or look at the thing that you're, you're daydreaming about. Is he better? A few years ago, um, this was maybe five years ago, I was actually a single mom at this time and so my boys came to me and they were like, what do you want for Mother's Day? And I was like, what do I want to give you money for for you to spend on me? Um, how about I just want you to buy a big bag of M&Ms? And they were like, what? And I was like, go get this huge bag of M&Ms and then we will watch a movie in bed and we're gonna eat the whole bag. Awesome, right? Peanut butter, if you're wondering, peanut butter M&Ms. And they were like, oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. And I'm like, okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna get home from church. We're gonna watch a movie. And they're like super excited. I'm excited. I know I'm gonna fall asleep halfway through it. It's gonna be great. And we get everything ready. We get our M&Ms poured into a bowl and we get the movie pulled up and my doorbell rings and my mom, Paula, walks in the door. Um, and this isn't about uh, my weird relationship with my mom, but she has this uncanny way of like interrupting awesome things that I'm about to do. Um, and she walks in and she goes, surprise. And I'm like, surprise. And she goes, yeah, guess what I'm giving you for Mother's Day? And I'm like, I don't. And she was like, myself. <laughs> this is a true story. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that's really, I don't, okay, uh, I, I don't really know what that means. And she was like, okay, just you stay there, boys come here. And she takes my boys out of the room and they're like, oh, making all this sound. And I go out there and I said, what is going on? And they're like, bye mom, we love you. And they literally run out the front door. And I'm like, wait, wait, what is happening? And I walk outside and I said, where are you going? And they go, main event. And I said, Without me and my mom had planned, she thought it would be awesome to take them for me, which was cool. But I'm looking going, well, wait, I thought we were gonna, and my oldest Aiden turns around and goes, mom, main event. And what he was saying was, mom, main event, right? And I was like, well, it's okay. I'll just eat the M&Ms by myself then, right? Which I did. It was the best Mother's Day like I've ever had. And so later my mom was like, I'm sorry. Like, I thought you would want some time. And I was like, no, it's cool. But in that moment, it was very clear what was better, wasn't it? And I think we do that. I think we're like, Jesus, stuff, right? Jesus, 
that girl or that guy or like Jesus, all of these things. And he's standing there going, I thought we had this plan. And maybe you're thinking, what, does it really matter though, Mel? Does it really matter if I'm following him or I expect him to follow me like he's in the picture? We're good, right? I want to show you what it looks like when we get this right. So let's read this scripture again, and this time we'll read it all the way through to verse 21. We'll start at 16. If you forgot already, it's John 6. It says, when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and they set off across the lake. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. They lost him. (laughs) And so I don't know if that's ever happened. Have you been doing something and then Jesus wasn't there? It gets messy, guys. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Sometimes in scripture, you're reading this great story, and it cuts off, and it just goes to this other part, and you're like, but what happened? But John uses a word here, immediately. So he didn't leave any details out. Jesus gets in the boat and immediately they reached the shore where they were heading. Immediately. You see, when Jesus is the most important thing, when we're following Jesus, when it's all about Jesus, immediately the kingdom comes. Immediately. And that's what we have to hear today, that when I'm getting this right, when he is better, when he is my appetite, when my appetite is after him and my allegiance is for him and I'm standing firm in that and I'm following him immediately, immediately we reach the destination that we were called to. Isn't that this incredible truth? But we will, we will set out in that storm, and rowing and panicking in the moment, wondering when our prayer is going to be answered. And it is immediately when Jesus is there. So what I hope that you do is I hope you take some time honestly answering these questions. Am I following him? Or am I expecting him to follow me? And is he better? So Jason and I work in the same office. They thought it would be a great idea to put a bunch of youth pastors and creative people in one room and put some wood between them and call it offices. Um, (laughs) Really what it is, um, Jason loves it because he's like, I love people and we're going to have so much fun. And I'm like, I literally can't read if there's like a clock ticking in the background. Anybody? where you like read a whole page and then you're like, I don't even know what I just read. So what Jay loves to do, which is one of my favorite things, is just sing in the office, like all the time. And he has a great voice, but you know, when you're like trying to like study scripture and those things, you're like, but one of the songs he has been singing a lot lately that is my favorite song is called Better. And he's gonna come up and he's gonna sing this. And I want you to listen to the words of this song. Because this song is declaring that Jesus is better, that he's better than, sorry, Jay, 
I told your secret. He's like, what? I wasn't listening. That Jesus is, that he's better. That he's better than money. He's better than looks and accolades and status. And this song is declaring that. And we can start right there tonight with let me just, that my life is not showing it, but let me just declare it in this song that he is better. Because when we can figure this out and you walk out into a world that is looking for something better, you can present them the king that is. So as usual, we take 120 seconds in the gathering and we're like, clear your mind and don't think about the laundry and all the stuff that you have to do. But what I want you to do for the next 120 seconds is to answer those questions in your mind. Is he better? And what in my life is competing with him? And then after that, we'll continue in worship and you have this moment that if maybe you left the room and left Jesus behind, you have this moment tonight to show him that you really are better, even though I haven't been acting like it, that you are better. So that is my prayer for you tonight, that you hear above all things that he is better. So as the prayer team goes to the back of the room, if you need someone to pray over you during this time, you can do that as well. But let's just sit and let's ask ourselves, is he better?